Welcome to Romance Splaining. It's chapter 38. We are getting so close to the end of this book. No. I know, Adam, but you're going to find out what happens. I can't wait for that. Yeah. In the last chapter, I just remembered, like, I haven't been doing recaps, which, there you go. Well, you oh. didn't introduce me. I'm just screwing everything no up. No sidekick, no this, co-host, no nothing. Now I'm just this reduced is romance to nothing. Ugh. I don't know what I'm doing. In well, the, well, join the club. Okay. In the last chapter, we had some serious sexy times, and then Nevada was like, let's get married. Johnny was like, let's run away together. Let's Wait, get- I thought she was marrying Trumaine. Adam? Wasn't she like, fuck you, dude, I'm going to marry Trumaine? Yes, that's what happened at I the very end. I thought you were just end. saying that she's going to marry Johnny. No. Johnny was like, so let's confused. run away together. Then Nevada's like, let's get married. Then he was like, uh. And then she's like, you know oh, what? Oh, is that what that was about? Forget you. I'm marrying Malcolm. Smell you later. I will not be told to canter. Exactly. I'm not going to be I'm cantered. I'm not your horse. I'm not can- you're not going to canter Shaw me. Shaw is a horse, but I am not your horse. Exactly. You're a horse, accidentally. I don't think she's a horse. She's very demure and not beautiful anymore. and just, you know. Not anymore. She doesn't have a dog face. She was accidentally for a little while. Okay. With the dignity of a queen and her head held high, Nevada turned away and left the garçonniere and the big naked man in it. That's how we start this chapter. The big naked man. The big naked man. The big naked. She didn't say brown or dark man. Yeah, I guess that's a step in the right direction. Right? That's a bonus. Yeah, dog. She doesn't sneak (laughs) back in the house, though. She just strolls leisurely back to the townhouse, almost wishing that somebody would ask her where she'd been. Because at this point, she's kind of a bitch. She's like, go ahead. At this point. Make my day. Ask me who... The only way I know how. Exactly. Ask me if I was out there boning Johnny Roulet all last night because Malcolm would not give it up under that tree. He doesn't know how. Right. And Nevada's like, and if they ask, I will tell them. I was out there getting some crazy sexy times. Maybe if she glued some crispy chest hair onto her back and let Malcolm approach it that way. As we all know, that's love, what Harold Stroud love would like. Harold, oh, this is Harold hey, Stroud. Hey, can you play the <laughs> intro for Solid Gold Quotes? Uh, it's not time for Solid Gold Quotes yet. Oh. Thanks, buddy. So she strolls leisurely back to the townhouse, wishing that's someone would ask where she had been. But the only one who saw her, unfortunately for her, was old Jess. He's because he was up all Don't night. Know who that is? Old Jess is the he's the chauffeur. He's kind of like in the gardener. He's their their hired help. He's one of those tropes where it's like Legend of Bagger Vance, Will Smith, like the wizened like black man who offers you a bunch of wisdom. Right. You yeah. Know? He is the. What is that trope called? Um, I'm not sure. All right, doesn't matter. But it is one it. of those things. He's the one who has the really bad stereotypical African American speech. Magical Negro. I was seeing things. I show is. That's how Jess talks. Ugh. Unfortunately, it's hard to read. So, it. according to TV tropes, it's called Magical Negro. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. The Magical Negro. Um, some examples are... Well, this well, is fascinating. Really, 
The term magical Negro was popularized by your favorite and mine, Spike Lee, during a lecture denouncing this trope. I see. So see also Whoopi Epiphany speech, Black Best Friend, and Mammy. Oh, yeah. The Mammy character. For the gay version, see Magical Queer. Oh. Who may also be black. And then it's like a twofer. Whew. Yep. You're getting all of your your points for inclusion if you use that yeah, trope. Yeah, just put them all together. I know. We'll make him black and gay. And gay. Yes. And make him a woman. Hashtag diversity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are usually black and or poor, but may come from another oppressed minority. They step often clad in a clean white suit, into the life oh. of the much more privileged and, in particular, almost always white central character and, in some way, enrich that central character's life. Oh. If the magical Negro, also known as magic Negro or mystical Negro, is from a society of, quote, noble savages, expect an <laughs> and volitious Aesop about the failings of the protagonist's society, which usually leads to the protagonist, quote, going native, end quote. Wow. People <laughs> spend a lot of time dissecting they this sure stuff. do. They must be insane people. Who would spend so much time on something seemingly so insignificant? Like chapter by chapter Ugh, analysis of a imagine? book? Yeah. Minute Ugh, by minute. Crazy freaking people, man. I don't know. crazy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust them as far as I could throw them. So does this person, whatever their name is... Tr um, Old Jess? Sh I don't think... He does count not... Count as a magical Negro? No, I don't think he does count as a magical Negro. Okay. What did you... Negro? Ne Negro? Negro. I don't know how to say it. Let's face it. It's not good no matter how you say it. Right. Well... <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. You it's know what really happened there? It. Here it is. Okay. Here's what happened there. I was thinking of Negra Modelo. Gotcha. It <laughs> sounds kind of delicious. It does, with a little lime in there. That would be magical for me right now. I could now. take a magical <laughs> Negra Modelo. Negra Modelo. God mm, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's where my mind is, so you can just take that how you will. Gotcha. Better place to be. Yes. So old Jess was up all night coughing and wheezing with a tightness in his chest. He's coming down with something pretty significant, I have a feeling. Well, actually, I know because I read the chapter and you didn't, but spoiler alert. And after some very racially inappropriate dialogue, old Jess expresses his happiness that Mr. Johnny isn't going to let Quincy and Malcolm take his daddy's money and that Johnny finally has found somebody to love. Can anybody find me? Somebody to love. <laughs> I know you. Yes. So, but that is all said in a very Misa gonna wants to find a lady to love. Okay, that's enough. I know it's bad, but that's if you do read those words. This is the that's the outcome. He's happy Johnny found someone to love, and he knows about Quincy and Malcolm trying to get the money. He works hard every day. Even though his bushes are yellowing from the heat. Yeah, he is, you know, he's working hard for his money. Later that morning, Nevada learns that old Jess is sick. Quincy is just mad because now he can't drive to them to some tea party that they were supposed to go to. But then Quincy was like, we're not talking about a person. We're talking about a quote, lazy old darky. Wow. <laughs> I mean, whoa, Nan. I mean, it's 1980. 
Well, okay. Well, I mean, if you're going to talk about these things, the book is set in the 1860s, 1800, yes, right? right. So They would say that. Right. That's true. It's historically accurate, Tom even Sawyer, though it makes me very uncomfortable. Huckleberry Finn, sure. That that is even something that was ever said in the history of humanity, or that <laughs> well, any of this stuff happened. People say a lot of horrible shit. They do. We say a lot of horrible shit just in our house, you know? Mm-hmm. All in good fun. Yeah. Theoretically. Theoretically, right? yeah. But, you know, maybe you just don't. Maybe even though it's 1989 and you're writing a book that takes place in 1860, maybe just don't. Like, maybe just make a different choice. You don't have to do it. I, I don't know if it's worse to exclude it. Well, here we go again. Yeah, I mean, right? it's that thing where you Let's really just whitewash have to, it and yeah. we've always been at war with Eurasia sort exactly. of thing. Exactly. Like, yeah. Do you acknowledge it and say, yes, it's a horrible tear thing? Tear down all the statues? You, reader, can go ahead and feel uncomfortable with that. But then the important thing is how do the characters in the book react to the set, the statement? And this is the only saving grace of they that. They wouldn't pay it. No, never mind in the 1860s. Well, right? Nevada gets pissed off. And she's like, he's a human being, and I'm going to go see about him right away. So there you have someone standing up and against that that kind of thought. Well, good. Fuck you, Trumaine. You shouldn't be so shallow. Well, it was Quincy, his mom. But yeah. I hate that dude. Oh, yeah. Well, He's she's, got some good pipes on him, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, Quincy Jones. Oh, well, Quincy there you have Jones is a hoss. There you have it. Nevada Jones, Quincy Jones. Is uh, that a... Oh. That's her daddy. Wow, it all just came full circle. Shit, Not dog. at all, because her name is not Qu- Nevada Jones. Quincy can't believe her right, ears. but her dad is B.J. Jones. Oh, Every- they were, oh, B.J. and Quincy, they were, <laughs> they were a, a very progressive gay couple in the 1860s. Who adopted, who adopted a baby. Nevada. Yeah, wow. That's, that's the book you could write now. This is an epic, like, turnabout It's a here. mind She fuck. really... <laughs> Like mind <laughs> fucked us, mind didn't fuck. she? We thought she was so regressive and right. kind of like casually bigoted. But no, we were the ones getting it all wrong from yes. the get go. Oh, we how we were so oh. stupid. The, our former that former our three us, month ago selves were oh, so stupid. They were the worst. <sighs> okay, is that episode over now? Yeah, are we done. No, later. The, oh, so Quincy. Oh, you said the episode was. Quincy can't believe that a young white woman would just go inside the room of an old colored man. These are quotes from the book. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> Wait, Jesus is here? No, I just, okay. I didn't mean to invoke the Nazarene. Boy, I was going to be so wrong. I can't on so imagine many living like this, though. Seriously, it's just so awful. Yeah. Uh, I would totally be Nevada marching out to old Jess's room in the carriage house and, you know, seeing what's up with him and being like, Jess, are you okay, buddy? And Quincy's like tossing threats and objecting while she's like, when Nevada's leaving, it's just a whole big scene or an ordeal. <laughs> but when she gets to the carriage house, who does she find there sitting with old Jess? BJ Jones. No. BJ Jones is never coming back. Can you stop you're it? You're not have, fooling anybody. I'm telling you right now. I know what you're it's telling Johnny me. It's Johnny Brulé, and he's uh, patiently bathing the sick man's face. How is he bathing? <laughs> he's bathing the face? sick man's face with a cool cloth. How, though? Patiently. Okay. Adverbally. Okay. Nevada leaves before Perfect. Johnny can see her, and while she's walking back, she can't help thinking about how Quincy couldn't care less if their faithful servant lived or died 
And then there's the heartless Johnny Brule there at his side. So. So heartless. Yeah. Johnny's a better guy than Quincy, which, duh. Quincy's a horrible person. I yeah, think. he's the worst. Yeah, he's a good singer, though. Mm-hmm. Good pipes. So two days later, Nevada goes back to check on Jess, and Johnny is there, and he's just like, how thoughtful of you. But he doesn't say it in a mean way. He he genuinely means like, oh, that's so thoughtful. You came back. And Nevada can tell that he's really tired, so she's like, you know what, Johnny, go get some rest. I'm going to stay here with old Jess. And then Johnny tries to apologize and be like, I'm sorry about the other night, you know. And she just shuts him down and is like, I'm not here for you. I'm here for Jess. Not for nothing. Get out of here. All right. And then Johnny has a sinking feeling that she's never going to forgive him. What do you think about that? Oh, you're not even paying attention. I, well, no, I try not to think about it is the okay, thing. Okay, I see. Because um, I know, it's just like, the I've dynamics. I've been talking for a long time and he hasn't well, interrupted. The, I don't really understand the dynamics going on between all these characters because... You don't pay attention? Well, <laughs> that's partly it, but I don't know who they are. Adam! <laughs> Come on. I know who Nevada Jones is, but... You know who Johnny Roulet is. I know who Johnny Roulet is. You know who old Jess is. I have no idea who that is. He is the... Is that one of Nevada's adopted gay oh, black parents? Oh, my gosh. No, seriously, no. I don't know who that is. Wait, he's the magical Negro. He's not, but he's not. That's not his trope. But he's the guy who lives... Uh, he, he's the caretaker of the property and the chauffeur. Okay. But also... And he just showed up now? No, he's been there. In? He's been... He, as remember Johnny like rushes to him and is like Jess look at you and he's like I was seeing things yes I is it's Johnny Roulet I mean va- oh my gosh really. well baby Vaguely. this is important because Jess is basically Johnny's father figure and what yeah. we're finding out in this chapter is that when that's Jess, why Johnny's so brown and dark no when Jess okay hold on oh I'm holding Jess objects to Nevada being in his room and she's like listen I have plenty of black friends <laughs> I got black friends okay. hey I got black friends too. go ahead and get a little I'm bit whiter saying. there Nevada <laughs> well my black friend says yeah anyway so yes yeah, that's actually part of the book which that's I was like oh gosh man. Beautiful. that is real nice <laughs> and she starts saying in fact, one of my black friends, old Willie on my father's keelboat, blah, blah, blah. And she just like starts talking about the olden days on the, the keelboat. And then in his delirious haze of illness, old Jess does a serious info dump and fills Nevada in on Johnny's whole mysterious past. Finally, some exposition up in this piece. Finally, yes. Like, we just get it all. And basically, when Johnny was four years old, his dad died. And Quincy and Malcolm were totally mean to him, and they would just, like, I don't know, like, gaslight him, I guess, and be like, your mother was a commoner, and you're stupid, Wait, and blah, one blah, of blah. Nevada's gay black dads knew Johnny when he was gr- growing up? Old Jess is was a servant working... No, I'm talking about Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones is his stepmom. Malcolm's mom. This book gets more confusing Adam, every time okay. well, we try Okay, I'm just to... going to like w- forget you then. I'll tell the rest okay. of the audience because they probably, hopefully, know something that's I going doubt on. it. it make, none of it makes any sense. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Johnny was like a super... He was a super duper kid until about he was 15, and he would just constantly t- be trying to please his stepmother. But Jess is like, he rebelled and became a faro dealer. 
on the riverfront, and I don't know what the hell farro is. Isn't it's it a, a food? Uh, yeah, it's a food stuff. <laughs> right? It's a staple. That's what I that thought. Lasts a long time. He's just it's dealing like a, some farro. It's like a it's grain, wheat, right? It's like a grain. Yeah, know, it's not wheat, but isn't it's, it like it's grain. cream of wheat? Kind of like farro. It's a cereal. Look, it's a grain, man. Oh, okay. It's a food composed of the grains of certain, okay, wheat species. All right. All there right. we go. Yeah, but don't you eat it like a cereal? Sold, dried, and prepared by cooking in water until soft but still crunchy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's a wheat grain. <gasps> I was right. I was right, too. We were both right. Okay. Oh, you know what I was thinking, though? I was thinking of Farina. Oh. That brand. That's yeah. what I was picturing in my head when I heard sure. the word Faro. Yeah. But I was still right. Like You were you were totally right. Yeah, that's amazing. Yep. I don't know if you do eat it like a cereal though. I mean, cooking in water until soft but still crunchy. Yeah. I think it they put like cucumbers, tomatoes, some whatever. Uh, okay. some, maybe like a Middle Eastern um, Lebanese, yeah, like a couscous. something. Yeah. Faro salad, yeah. Yeah. I probably had some of that shit when my mom was, you know, all in her hippie days. There's Let's a very have some farro and some wheat germ. Large head, thin neck. I'm like, I just want McDonald's recipe. For you can't it. eat McDonald's. I mean, nice enough, gal, but yeah. man, like potato on a toothpick. Am I right? I don't even know. I wasn't paying attention. Jada mm. De Laurentiis. I, oh, I, we saw her in person too. That was, I know. That's how I know that she does, in fact, have a potato. She on a really does. Her potato. head is very, very disproportionate to her body because yep. she's so skinny. She is a skeleton. And I'm like, you are totally. I, you You're know, in Mario Batali's restaurant. Right. Eat the food. Why? Eat more food. Here's the other thing. So we ate on the we second body floor. Shame her for. Being I'm not body thin. shaming her for being thin. It's just. You know, when anytime you see a celebrity, because you have to be so thin to be a celebrity, they look weird. Yeah. Like when Tori Amos sat in front of me at uh, the Neil Gaiman lecture over yeah. at George Mason a few years ago. Yeah. And like she just came in like right after the lights went down, they like ushered her in. They had the seat and it just happened to be right in front of me. And I'm like, who is this alien woman sitting in front of me in this like peacock coat? Like it was such a. She was so out of place and strange. You know what's awesome, though? What? Like, men don't have to be that way. They can be fat. Oh, totally. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome for you. We can be old, white, bald, white, fat. fat. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> How awesome is that? Wait, I mean, I guess white doesn't really belong White doesn't in really yeah. matter. But, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. you got to admit, that's pretty fucking awesome. Good for you. I could still be a celebrity if I felt like Congratulations. it. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Unless You're too I'm old. Gonna, well, I'm too old and I'm too overweight, definitely. It's mainly the oldness. Like, you didn't start soon enough. Well, I did read this thing about how Laura Dern is, for as much as she rubs me the wrong way in life, she is, like, doing this renaissance for women of a, quote, certain age, unquote. You know, I know you don't... She's redefining age in Hollywood right now. I know now. something about her rubs you the wrong way, but, like, she's good. She's good people. I'm sure like, she's fine. Like, I get fine. the thing that rubs you the... I get it, too. Okay, and here's... I can't I can't good. hate her as much as I used to because I forgot that she... Let's well, say, hey, no spoilers, just... No, this is nothing... This, this is a spoiler from 1990. Okay, that's fine. She played Ellen's love interest who helps her come out of the closet on The Ellen Show. Really? Yes. And Jules and I just watched that episode because they have it on Hulu. They have 
I think they have Ellen on Hulu. That was the prime of her career, probably. Blue Velvet, Wild at Heart. It's yes. all swirling around It there. was. She was super, super famous. Yeah. She went on that show, and then she was blacklisted for a year. What? Yeah. There was such backlash for that episode. Ellen, you know, the show got canceled. No one would hire Ellen. Get the fuck out No of one here. would touch her. She was in a very dark point of her I know life. a lot of women who would touch her. Well, that that is true. And then- uh, Laura Dern suffered the same fate because people were like, are you gay? And she was like, no, I, I just was playing a character I'm on the show. I'm an actor. Right. I am pretending. That's I my pretend job. I say fake words. <laughs> but well, I mean, that was not that long ago. That well, was in what? 93? 90 years ago. Yeah. But still, it's Boys just, ago. it's pretty, it blows my mind. Yeah, I know. And so I it's have a little more respect the, for Laura Dern right now. The more we get ahead, the more we regress. Right. I don't know. Anyway, poor Johnny needed love, but Nevada refused to be touched by the stories that old Jess was telling her, even though, you know, he had a pretty tough childhood. She's because, going to harden her heart. Yes. She's going to swallow her, her tears. Gums. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I always loved that video where she's like going through all, opening all those doors. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I don't know it. Oh, I well, you didn't really have MTV because you lived in the boonies. Well, I did. We just weren't allowed to watch it oh, too much. You weren't allowed to watch had it. Had to watch it on the sly. Right. If there was Christian and MTV, you could have been all over that. Yeah, it's VH1. Oh, yeah. So Michael W. Smith. Petra. Woo-hoo. Petra. Yeah, Striper. Jam. <laughs> oh. So Nevada starts thinking about hey, how she- the one that saw Michael W. Smith in concert, It was the not first me. concert I ever went to also. Guess what my first concert I ever went to was? Sticks. That's right. Yeah. Okay. She thinks about how she spent her childhood on the I'm river the, with a, a listen, why are you giving your, you can't give yourself a Because I saw Sticks and you saw Michael W. Smith. I get a point for that. First concert versus first concert. Okay. Enjoy that point. That's I'm, a stupid point. I am Don't really worry. I'll take it away it. from you for something else. We'll even it up just like they I'm do with be football so calls. so good. You have no idea like, how good oh, I'm going to be. Oh, I know. Yeah, that was makeup a bad call. call. I get it. Make I get call. it. Yeah, yeah, very just, good. Nice. Just you wait. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Nice sports reference. Did that make you love me a little more? I, it's not possible for me to love you anymore. <laughs> okay. But I'm keeping that point. I'm going to be very good. All right. Well, I can't wait to take that away from you for no reason. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know what? Take a point away. <laughs> That's what you get. So she thinks about how she spent her childhood on the river with a handsome irresponsible wanderer E.J. Jones her dad Adam her dad oh Quincy Jones no (laughs) whoa Whoa, Uh, that was a big one Ella Fitzgerald (laughs) wait no who what Nevada's dad on the keelboat he was an he was handsome but he was also a wanderer an irresponsible person are you talking about Quincy or BJ no Nevada's dad right Quincy or BJ neither that is just not my three dads that's not oh, the name of the gosh. show oh my gosh baby okay yeah it was BJ then it was BJ okay. Jones okay, okay. that Jesus, makes you happy that, was that so hard yes it really was because it's not true but she had no intention of spending the rest of her life the same way what way with a handsome irresponsible wanderer a handsome irresponsible wanderer that's what Johnny Roulet is too so now we're getting down to it he's a tumble and tumbleweed she doesn't like that Right. And, you know, that's what her dad was, and she could see all of his faults. 
Yeah. And she grew up with it. And it's like, I'm going to be better than that. But she and loved her daddy have... until she found out that he was totally wrong with the whole prostituting thing he was on the, the riverboat. No, baby, not that at all. Anyway, that's the end of that chapter. Oh, thank goodness. Did you learn anything? Oh, did I ever. Actually, I didn't learn that much. Oh, good. This wasn't that much of a learning episode. I know. I've learned that uh, you don't know what you're doing in this podcast. <laughs> I learned <laughs> a big true. naked man is a bonus. Yeah. I learned Hank still can't play it. Hank, can you play the intro to Solid Gold Quotes? Solid Gold Quote time. Okay, maybe he can play it, but it's the worst. (laughs) I've learned old Jess is not a magical Negro. Mm -hmm. I've learned our three-month-ago selves were so fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. I've learned that Quincy and BJ were a progressive gay couple in the 1860s who adopted Nevada. I've learned a lot about patient bathing. (laughs) I've learned that Nevada has a couple black friends, which makes her extremely white. (laughs) I've learned we finally... Finally, in this book, get some exposition so we know what the hell's going on, even though it didn't help much. Right. And I know a lot of women who would touch Ellen, and I learned that uh, Nevada Jones had three dads. Okay. How's that? Well, I learned yeah, a lot, actually. 50% of it was just completely stupid and wrong, but other well, than that, Like I said, in both of the last two episodes, I'm nothing if not a know-nothing stupid man. Oh, and that's why I love you, because I can be better than you all the time. Well, that was my friend Freddie Mercury taking us out. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Romance Planning. I am Leslie Welch, and that's Adam. We'll see you next time. Mm.